0: This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by HSI. This episode was recorded August 24th, 2021. My name is Jill James, HSI's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Dr. Marnie Dobson. Dr. Dobson is Director of the Healthy Work Campaign, as well as the Associate Director of the Center for Social Epidemiology. She has a PhD in Medical Sociology And has been an occupational health researcher for the past 15 years, involved in work stress research, as well as workplace intervention development with several skilled labor working populations, including firefighters and urban transit operators. Dr. Dobson is joining us today from Los Angeles.
1: Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I asked
0: you here today because of your work and research on work stress, I talk with so many of our listeners from the podcast who are stressed for various reasons, and I talk with employees who are additionally stressed, much of it complicated or compounded by outright um, stress caused by the pandemic and or family illnesses or other stressors of balancing life. And for that reason, I really wanted to dig into this subject and hopefully... um, able to discover some resources that we can pass on to the listeners, which is why I asked you here today. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, It's my pleasure. So before we dig into the topic of work stress, um, what is a medical
1: sociologist? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, You know, medical sociology I think of as kind of a distant cousin of, of public health, although the sociologists wouldn't necessarily like to think of it that way, but um, I think I think medical sociology um, is really a subsection of sociology that's that's interested in sort of the social causes of illness and you know how uh, the social world impacts people's health and well-being. So it's not too far off from public health, where we know that um, you know uh, illness occurs uh, to to and with communities. You know, within communities. So, um, you know, it was not much of a sidestep for me to go from, um, you know, the sociology of medicine to public health, which is where I've ended up, and, and particularly in occupational health and safety as well, which is, as we know, a subset of of public health. Mhm. Mhm. So, how did you how did you get into this work? What's your path? Well, you know, I um, I met a colleague of mine who I work closely with. Um, now, for 15 plus years, um, Dr. Peter Schnall um, and uh, Dr. Paul Landsbergerson and, and others who are social epidemiologists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we shared a, I, I was really fascinated, I think, in their um, particular knowledge about uh, the workplace and work factors that contribute to some of the chronic disease epidemics that we know really well. And, um, so, you know, it was really working with, um, with Peter and Paul and other colleagues that um, grew my interest in thinking about um, work as a source of stress and, um, you know, to, to understand better how people are impacted by their social environments. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that socioeconomic status, you know, things like poverty, um, different social um, statuses impact on people's longevity, how long they live as well as the kind of illnesses that they uh, may uh, end up being exposed to and this was you know this was another kind of aspect of that uh, the work environment and how it plays a role in people's health hmm
0: so so what do we know about work stress and 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 what is it i'm i'm assuming you've term you've given a definition to it as well
1: Well, we know stress. You know, stress in general is a sort of a ubiquitous human physiological thing. You know, we we all experience stress. It's part of Mm -hmm. our makeup. The fight or flight, you know, uh, response is is sort of a natural biological response we have to Mm threats. You know, in the distant, distant past, past, you know, humans were, um, you know, symbol well threatened, particularly by. um, you know nature and wildlife and and mm-hmm. you know their responses were to fight or, or flee um actual threats and now we're we're much more likely to be surrounded by symbolic threats you know to our mm-hmm. well-being to our um security whether it's financial or work security so we still have these fight or flight stress responses um mm-hmm. and you know in in normal times we would experience you know a fight-or-flight response where we get uh, an increase in our heart rate you know our muscles are getting ready to run or fight um, our um, breathing increases and you know then the threat is over and you know our bodies return to normal mm-hmm. but in an environment where there's a lot of sources of stress they may all be symbolic our fight-or-flight response continues and it continues to kick in and, and it can become chronic when we're exposed to um, sources of stress in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, you know, that really can impact um, a person's physiology on a short-term and long-term basis. So the symptoms of stress are things like headaches, fatigue, you know, these short-term symptoms that um, we've all felt when we're under stress. Mm -hmm. Um, But what many people don't know is that if you're exposed to these kinds of uh, stressors, as we call them, which are the sources of stress in our daily life and, and in our workplaces, that over time, um, that chronic exposure can impact our health in more permanent ways. Yeah. So when you, uh, you know, you're talking about symbolic stress or the
0: stressors, um, you know, for people who are listening, <laughs> <and> particu- <laughs> particularly in our American culture, right, where yeah. we're we're always comparing ourselves to one another or something else. That well, maybe mine isn't that bad, or you just take something for granted. Is it? it would you mind maybe naming some of those typical
1: stressors or these symbolic stresses to just try to base them yeah. for us? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, in in the sociology, sociology also we look at stress and stressors as well as in in um, epidemiology and other. Disciplines, it's really a cross-disciplinary study stress, but, Mm. you know, it can be, um, you can experience stress from life events, especially things like divorce or loss Mm -hmm. of a loved one. Mm -hmm. Um, These are, you know, acute kind of events that um, may not be chronic. They may get better over time. Um, We can experience stress from uncertainty in terms of whether, you know, we are going to be able to pay the bills. Um, Mm -hmm. So financial um, stressors like that. Um, And then there are certain kinds of uh, job characteristics or what we call work stressors that we've learned about over almost 40 years of research that these aspects of the way work is organized actually impact people um, in, you know, uh, in, in profound ways in terms of provoking the stress response on a chronic basis. Mm -hmm. So things like um, workload, if your workload is really high, what we call, we call that um, high job demands. Mm -hmm. And we also call these psychosocial stressors because they're a combination of psychological, you know, how people perceive the kinds of stressors they're experiencing. But -hmm. they're also social. They're part of the way in which um, the workplace in this case is, is organized. So you put them together, you understand that it's kind of an interaction between people's psychological experience and also the social reality that they that they live in. So mm-hmm. jo- job demands is a good example of that. I mean, you can feel like you're overloaded. Um, and in reality, um, there may be a lot of understaffing going on. You don't have enough people working at the counter, for example, in mm-hmm. a in a deli in walmart (laughs) Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh you've got a lineup of people you know waiting uh waiting for you getting more and more irritated and you're rushing back and forth you know between um sides of the deli because someone's not there to help with the load so that is an example of an objective um workload issue yeah
0: right i was you know, I was I was mentioning when we when we first began that I've been talking with many employees who are identifying stress, and you know, just in like the last forty eight hours, the people that I've spoken with um, that have reached out to me, and I'm and I'm guessing these are all work stressors. One was a teacher who's preparing for the school year and the regular stress that goes along with that, but was reaching out and asking questions like. How do I buy an air-filled purifier for my classroom? What's the difference between a face mask and a respirator? What do you think I should wear? How would I redirect air in my classroom? And then another school employee who's the parent of small children who's asking me similar questions, all of that regarding the pandemic. Uh, A college professor talked to me about first day back in a classroom after not being with real human, you know, in-person teaching Uh, for well over a year and talked about like the makeup of the students and then like her computer didn't work right away when she was doing something and then you know plus like wearing a face mask and was she thirsty while she was teaching and then what were the students like this semester and I talked to a police officer yesterday who said my work has just been so busy I haven't been taking time for myself and a way to like Detach from my work. And we were talking about, um, he has a yoga practice and he said, I haven't done it in so long. And it's the one way I can like unplug, you know, and another employee in health services who has got a really ill family member who was talking about balancing, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm guessing those are all examples of, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, And you know, the the COVID pandemic unfortunately has, has, you know, uh, created a veneer of stress um, or stressors, you know, over top of what, you know, people always have experienced in stressful jobs, you know, so not only are the teachers, you know, dealing with um, potential workload issues or feeling like they don't have enough uh, say in health and safety in the classroom, they're not Mm -hmm. getting their voices heard about, concerns about PPE and how to manage, you know, students in the classroom, those kinds of things are are stressful on top of what is already a very, you know, uh, difficult job, partly mm-hmm. because there's lack of resources. We know that um, uh, the number of uh, students in classes has been increasing over time. So Uh, teachers are expected to you know do more with with less which is just objectively really stressful (laughs) yeah yeah and then you know to add the pandemic to it which is an you know the concerns the uncertainty of being exposed to a virus that might make you or someone you love sick Mm -hmm. is is um you know a major um uh stressful experience um we also know that you know, parents um of young children, school age children in the last year and a half, while kids have been at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> reported major increases in stress and anxiety mm-hmm. to try to continue working from home while managing small children and trying to keep them on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was yeah. was what we call work family conflict, you know, on steroids. Mm.
0: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so with regard to work stress, what is, you had alluded to um, physiological impacts, but what what is the impact um, to human beings?
1: Well, there's been a lot of um, epidemiological research, so research on populations. And mm-hmm. um, there have been various um, stress models that have um, developed to try to explain certain uh, circumstances in the workplace that increase people's risk for um, stress and then increase their risk for poor health. And um, you can study a um, a population and uh, over time and assess whether you know if you're exposed to high demands and low job control, which is mm. not really having much of a say over the timing of your tasks or over when you can take breaks or how fast you're expected to work. Um, the combination of Having very high demands and very low control is what we call job strain and this model has really been shown in many many you know longitudinal uh, studies to have a negative impact in over time on people 's mental health so it 's associated with increased risk of depression mm-hmm. um, as well as uh, increases uh, increased risk for hypertension and high blood pressure um, and also uh, increased risk for cardiovascular um, Disease um, for uh, cardiovascular mortality as well. Um, So, there's been some, uh, you know, a lot of studies over the years that, you know, now accumulating this evidence that uh, these kinds of work stresses have an impact on these chronic diseases that we um, know are a heavy burden on individuals and on society as a whole. Mm -hmm. So, that's just one model. There's, you know, other models as well. We know um, things like bullying, for example which has mm. been on the increase is a significant stressor for people in the workplace. Um, and it's been increasing in the last, uh, you know, 15 years. Um, now, the uh, annual reports um, where they ask questions about bullying show about 30% of Americans personally experience bullying up from about 17% in 2007. So, you yeah. know, we're, we're seeing an increase in, in bullying, which also has effects on mental health as well as, um, Uh, sick leave people Mm -hmm. are more likely to take sick leave um, when they're being bullied um, because it does affect their mental health and their well-being and that affects the overall productivity of organizations
0: yeah i remember um when i i think i may have mentioned you when we spoke before i was an investigator with osha for over a decade before i went into um, private um, practice private industry rather And I remember one um, uh, um, investigation I was on where employees had filed a complaint about workplace bullying. And it was um, specifically, I remember the employees were talking about, um, you know, being in the bathroom. And someone coming into the stall next to them and bullying them and saying things to them while they were trying to use the bathroom about whatever it was, what they're doing with their job and then using a nail gun um, while they were working to shoot nails at them. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Right. And, and so when people think about bullying, like what is, I mean, it can manifest itself in many different ways.
1: Yeah. And and the the important thing to understand about bullying is that it's not necessarily just an offhand rude comment, which is rudeness or meanness. But it really is a targeted and um, repeated uh abusive you know treatment of of another person so um it's it has a fairly um d- important definition in that way that it has to be a repeated you know mm. and targeted uh, kind mm. of mistreatment it can include um, you know verbal abuse it can include um, uh, work sabotage where people are trying to undermine people 's um, mm. Uh, work um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and it can, you know, even rise to the level of physical or other kinds of harassment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it is uh, a major concern in um, in workplaces. And I think it's still not quite being uh, dealt with as fully as it needs to be, mm-hmm. but, you know, because of the effects on people's health and well-being and because people leave jobs, you know, and, sure. and turnover is a Uh, major cost to organizations. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And and so, um, is,
1: is work stress an epidemic? I believe it is. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and we have data to suggest that it is, um, there are national surveys that ask the same question and have asked it for years and years now about, um, how, uh, often people feel, um, stressed or tense during the workday and um you know the the people that answer very often or often it tends to be about 30 percent so about one in three americans uh do say that they on a you know a pretty consistent basis on these annual or um every four year surveys as Mm -hmm. as, uh, in terms of the quality of work life um survey that's administered um every four years is you know it's one in three so one in three americans experience pretty um frequent um stress at work other surveys um have shown even more like three out of five uh americans say that work is a significant source of stress along with uh money that the top two sources of stress are money and uh and work generally Mm -hmm. so you know that's a that's quite a you know a lot of uh, millions of people (laughs) right in that situation you know right
0: so tell us more about this quality of life um quality of work life survey rather
1: yeah so the well NIOSH is the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health which I'm sure you and your um, audience know about and uh, NIOSH um, works with the General Social Survey uh, to include a module they call the Quality of Work Life Survey and they've been uh, including it in the GSS since 2002, I believe. And the last one was 2018. And it asks um, a lot of questions about the kinds of job characteristics we talked about, like demands and control and social support, um, work-family conflict questions, um, as well as these more general questions on um, stress uh, and so on. Now, um, that survey is of a nationally representative sample of, um, of US working people and uh you know this around uh usually around 1500 people so in each survey so it can it, it's kind of a small sample so it's mm-hmm. it's also um not analyzed very often mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the, the findings are not um uh published you know um very often you have to kind of wait for a researcher to get excited and you know out and Mm -hmm. dig into it and publish Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. um unfortunately we don't get uh good reliable you know reports on the levels of some of these work stresses that we probably need Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when it comes to work stress and the cost to the employer can you can you talk about that
1: yeah and uh, you know i think this is something that we you know really need a uh shift in thinking about, because there's a tendency to think that, oh, everyone experiences stress, you know, stress is ubiquitous. And, you know, um, obviously, we don't want it, you know, negatively affecting people. Um, And it can uh, have an impact on employee productivity, um, and so on. Um, And that can be a cost, you know, in terms of how stress impacts people's ability to concentrate or handle workloads, and so on. Um, Mm -hmm. But, Really, um, there's short-term effects like that that can be measured, but also the long-term effects are um, the, the costs um, of, of healthcare to treat mm. the kinds of illnesses um, that people are more likely to experience if they're exposed to these chronic stressors um, for a long period of time. Um, we know, um, for example, uh, depression, know is the um, leading cause of disability worldwide and yeah it's at 300 million people um, according to the World Health Organization uh, experience um, depression so it's a major uh, concern Um, one in five I think uh, Americans experience a mental health problem um, in a given year so you know uh, People with depression are more likely to um, have sickness absences, mm-hmm. um, and uh, may be more likely, obviously, to um, go on disability. And both of those cost employers, you know, a lot of money. Now mm-hmm. we know that uh, depression is what we call multi-ideological, so it has multiple causes that could be related to the individual, could be genetics, family history, past trauma. But we Mm -hmm. also know from um, research that these kinds of job stresses I've been mentioning, like high demands and low control, um, Mm -hmm. work-family conflict, bullying, um, job insecurity, also increase the risk for depression. And some researchers out there have done a great job and figured out what the contribution of these work stresses is to the overall amount of depression. Mm -hmm. And in these studies, they've shown that about um, 15% 15% of all depressive disorders um may be uh related to because of work stress. Wow. So the idea is if you could reduce work stress, you could reduce, you know, up to 15% of the the incidence of depression when you think about the the amount of uh depression out there, you know, that's a that's a pretty large right. number of people that is. you know could be I helped. Mean, that's
0: staggering. Leading, it, it, did you say the le- it's the leading cause of disability it is the leading worldwide. cause of disability worldwide wow
1: yeah so it's even becoming a problem in developing countries um especially with industrialization you know we mm-hmm. see um you know we see more mental health concerns um at work particularly yeah yeah.
0: Does that lead us into
1: <laughs> it's a kind of a depressing picture? I right know it is. Right. <laughs> right.
0: And so I'm wondering, yeah, you, I promise you... there's solutions. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about those, um, specifically, um, you know, what does the healthy work campaign do and, and, or maybe, uh, um, we can flip into the center for socio epidemiology as well. Social epidemiology. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, um, my colleagues and I, you know, in the Center for Social Epidemiology, which is a nonprofit organization that's really dedicated to furthering the education and the research about, um, you know, these kinds of uh, social factors, work factors that contribute to these chronic disease uh, uh, diseases, like depression, other mental health issues, as well as um, cardiovascular disease. Which mm-hmm. you can imagine, you know, cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death. Uh, right. Worldwide, <laughs> and, right? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we know oh, that there's we know that, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We know that these work stressors, you know, are uh, impacting uh, people's cardiovascular health and may contribute between ten to twenty percent of t- of cardiovascular disease um, deaths. So, you know, there's there's a whole other um, uh, burden there and cost to society in terms of work stressors' impacts on cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. So, here's a novel thought. If we can intervene and prevent or reduce uh, the work environment from contributing to these burdens, uh, chronic disease burdens, then you know we may be able to reduce the burden of these chronic diseases um, substantially. You know, mm-hmm. by by considering work as a a, a location for uh, you know improving um, the health of of individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a novel thought! <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the health, as I was saying, the, mm-hmm. the Healthy Work Campaign, um, as the Centre for Social Epidemiology, we were finding that we were often speaking to the choir. You know, um, we were talking to each other, and which is great because we want to broaden the research community's understanding about these issues, and um, mm-hmm. and create. We created a clearinghouse for information and research on um, work stress and um, and health. Um, but what we realize is that the you know as researchers we're, we we have a certain language that can be <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. inaccessible to mm-hmm. to a lot of people and um, you know Peter Schnall and myself and others really believe that uh it's part of a the job of academics and researchers to translate the knowledge that we're generating into uh, you know usable uh and accessible information for you know the general public and for other interested stakeholders, occupational safety and health professionals. Mm-hmm. So we launched the Healthy Work campaign in 2018 um, with a grand website. Uh, work, uh, sorry. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, <laughs> the healthy, yeah, healthywork.org. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Healthywork.org, and um, we really wanted to create a, a space where there was um, uh, more accessible um, resources. For organizations, individuals, and worker advocates and unions to access uh, this information about the importance of um, thinking about work stress and thinking about what healthy work might look like. So mm-hmm. the Healthy Work Campaign really is—you know—that our goals were to um, increase education and produce educational material. Mm-hmm. So we have—we um, have been publishing articles that are more. Uh, lay fr- friendly mm-hmm. language about some of these topics on medium. Um, we have a blog that we publish um, our thoughts and ideas on regularly. Um, mm-hmm. Social media, of course, is a really important conduit for uh, getting information out there and connecting to others who are also interested in, in these ideas. Um, and we also created um, uh, stat- statistics and infographics that organizations can use, um, some of which I've talked about today, um, to raise awareness about the importance of of addressing work stress and and healthy work. Um, So that that was our number one goal. Our, Our second goal was to offer organizations and also individuals a tool to assess whether they were experiencing these kinds of work stressors. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to kind of know where the problem is, especially as an organization. And, you know, yes, we know that there's stress, but if we can find the source of that stress, then I think we have a better job of attending to it or addressing it. Mm -hmm. And that was why we created the Healthy Work Survey. Hmm. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So the Healthy Work Survey was our attempt to um, create a tool that would um, allow people easily to um, go online and fill out a survey. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, maybe 15 to 20 minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And after you fill it out, you have the option to, as an individual filling it out, to receive a a report that um, can be emailed directly to you. And it's uh, confidential, anonymous, secure, and uh, it gives people an idea of, whether they have high job demands and whether mm-hmm. they have low job control and uh, these other work-family conflict. And it compares their score to the national uh, population scores. So you can tell whether you're um, at higher risk than the U.S. population, at the intermediate risk or at low risk. Mm-hmm. So if you're at high risk, then you know that you know, this could be a concern for your health. Because mm-hmm. we know that, you know, the the greater the stress, the more likely you are to experience health problems. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was our yeah. first step is offering it to individuals.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So individuals can do their own benchmarking. Like, yes. how stressed am I? Yeah, oh, and what what oh. are these stressors? <laughs> yeah, right. And, and validate what's happening with them.
1: Yeah, and it's not just that it's, you know, we all know when we feel stressed. And we're not mm-hmm. telling people anything they don't know that yeah. way. But what we're trying to get people to see is that it's not just in their head, you know, and in their bodies. It's also in their workplace, in the work environment. So it can actually be um, attended to, you know, that Mm -hmm. people can work together collectively, hopefully, that's the best way to go about it, um, to begin to address the source. Mm -hmm. You know, now Mm -hmm. it is important to have a yoga practice and meditate and um, I know a lot of companies are offering offering wellness programs to help people cope with the symptoms of stress, which mm-hmm. I think is, is important. But of course, you know, you can meditate and you can, you know, go do your <laughs> Still, yoga practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going into the same workplace with the same stressors day after day. Right. It's kind of a band-aid. Right. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So people can take this assessment for themselves. And then do you do you have another another assessment for like groups of individuals, like an employer could um, essentially assign to their employees?
1: Yes, we do. And uh, we just uh, finished tweaking. Um, we have a, uh, a, a location on the website um, for employers. We also have a location for uh, unions and worker advocates, mm-hmm. or occupational safety and health professionals. And um, we send a unique um, link uh, to an, an organization that's interested in working with us. And um, they send that link to their employees and um, they, you know, can go online. It's completely anonymous. So there's no names collected. Um, and the information, once, you know, we get to a good participation rate, we um, are able to automatically translate those uh, survey results into a report for the um, organization within a day or two of them finishing the survey. and Wow. Yeah, it's very it's been a long haul <laughs> and a lot we worked with a computer programmer um and and good colleague who uh actually uh does this in a, in another country um in a country that requires employers to look at the psychosocial work environment as we call it mm, work stress. Wow. So uh he really helped us put together the system and it works really well and people can have data in their hands, you know, within A day or two of of their um, organization completing the survey, so it gives people, organizations, a starting point. You know, and again, it allows you. It the survey allows uh, organization to see where their group, you know, their employees as a whole, um, sit relative to the national average Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also the national, um, you know, high risk levels of stress. Mm -hmm. So. It will tell you whether you your group is at high risk, or intermediate risk, or low risk for these you know common stressors like social support levels and mm-hmm. uh, workload and work-family conflict, safe work uh, safety safety climate, uh, and a and number of things. Mm-hmm. And are are these surveys um free? They are right now off being offered free. Um, The Healthy Work Campaign is a project sponsored by the Center for Social Epidemiology. It's a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. uh, And we want to offer this as a service to employers and to other groups that really want to begin to address and uh, deal with this work stress epidemic. Um, So right now, yeah, it's um, completely free. Wow. Thank you for... Thank you for that. Thank <laughs> Don- you for that. Oh, donation donations are always welcome but you know it's it's not required. So we, right. we you know we're really committed to furthering this as a um, as a tool and a resource for as many organizations as possible. Yeah, yeah. And then you know
0: if someone an organization or an individual takes the survey, they've got their results. You also have a healthy work toolkit and is that something that after they see their results, maybe they can deploy some things from this toolkit?
1: That is our hope. And, you okay. know, really the, the most important thing about the survey is that it's an educational tool to help organizations and workers know kind of where the problems live, you know, and then the next step has to be, you know, what do we do about them? And mm-hmm. so the toolkits are set up to help uh, organizations um, particularly to um, find various ways other organizations and other groups have found to address some of these major concerns. Um, So we have um, a step-by-step process that organizations can follow to involve, to use the results of the survey to talk with their, um, with leadership, with Mm -hmm. stakeholders in an organization, and especially with employees. Because we really believe and, and and push the idea that um, it's really employees that uh, need to be involved in the process in order to find the solutions. Mm-hmm. So if you just institute changes from above without talking with employees and having employees uh, and workers really, um, you know, talk about what the problems mean and, and you know, in the workplace, you're going to miss the boat, you know, right. and I, th- I think there's a lot of knowledge among frontline workers about, you know, how you can address things like workload and how you can address things like uh, social support. Um, and so we really think that, and, and the research in, into intervention, um, work stress intervention is really, uh, has really shown that involving employees in the process is a really important part of a successful and effective intervention uh, campaign.
0: I mean, that resonates with um, health and safety professionals, our audience um, here for this podcast, because we've all been saying that for so long, you know, like involve the, involve the employee, involve the employee. Yeah,
1: I think, I think, you know, you have to, and there's ways of doing it. It's not, uh, it's not always easy. You know, Um, some companies might not have the resources to, you know, spend money on employees being involved in, you know, health and safety committees or being involved in, you know, a work stress committee. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, obviously, mm-hmm. if, they're, if they have representatives that, that can help when, uh, um, uh, when uh, management and labor work together, you know, that can often be a more effective um, way of implementing these changes and seeing that they, that they work, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that there's consensus. Yeah, you yeah. just said work stress committee. <laughs> and, I mean and
0: that what a great idea, and also one that some employers may find that sounds stigmatizing or like uh countercultural for what they what they want to do, and at the same time, I think we're at a point in in history with the pandemic where we're it feels like we're more open to having those conversations about stress. Yeah, so and my, this might be the time to seize the moment, right? You know,
1: I, I think so. And this is a problem with the way we think about stress. I mean, we do think about it as an individual problem. Mm-hmm. And that's why we use the word stressor. It's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's much more awkward than saying work stress. But work stressor really puts the um, focus on the source of stress, which uh, is the way work is organized.
0: Not the human being.
1: Not yeah. the human being. And that's why we talk about healthy work. Not just healthy workers, because we mm. think mm-hmm. that, you know, if attention, a little bit more attention is paid to changing the way we work, then, you know, we may help to prevent some of these, um, you know, the effects of stress on on um, workers and on the costs to organizations. Yeah. And, and it will improve, you know, health and safety um, to look at some of these things, because we know that certain aspects, especially... Um, high demanding, high demands at work, workload, understaffing, um, job insecurity—these these kinds of things—we know that they also uh, impact on injury rates, musculoskeletal yeah. problems, um, as well as you know mental health. Which, because of the pandemic and even before the pandemic, you know, mental health has been a, a growing epidemic um, that is affecting the workplace. Um, but may also be arising from the way we work.
0: Hmm. So you had mentioned that you launched the Healthy Work Campaign website in 2018. Um, Yeah, do you have um, people who've implemented uh, aspects of the toolkit that have some successes that you can talk about? And or are are there other studies or campaigns in different countries like you had alluded to who you know
1: yeah <laughs> have yeah seen a benefit yes yeah so we haven't uh we we're just sort of rolling out our organizational survey we've had our individual survey up and running for about i think about six months eight months okay um the whole process is you know has taken a, a while but um of course. we we do have we are pilot testing um our Healthy Work uh, Survey for organizations, um, with some organizations now, and um, we actually just uh, finished one this last weekend and uh, sent it out uh, within two days of closing the survey to our um, hmm. the organization that we're working with. So um, we're looking forward to moving ahead uh, and helping them, you know, um, you know, translate that those findings into actionable, you know, goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, The Healthy Work Strategies page has case studies uh, and case reports from organizations um, and also from researchers that have worked with organizations to successfully implement what we call work organization interventions, which is basically, you know, how you create healthier workplaces. So the Quebec Hospital Workers Study, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, Mm -mm, a group of researchers in Canada uh, began working with um, a hospital system in Quebec, uh, Canada. And they were, the hospital system was really concerned about um, burnout among their nursing staff um, and other health problems that, you know, healthcare workers were experiencing. Mm-hmm. So the researchers and uh, the management of the hospitals worked with um, within labour management committees. And they involved... Uh, different employees at different levels of the organization in these committees. They created um, uh, a whole set of interventions to impact on things like improving social support. They found that there were uh, communication and leadership issues uh, among supervisors and um, subordinates that they thought could be improved upon. They also looked at um, staffing shortages. They also implemented health behavior Uh, changes you know to encourage healthier eating more exercise but it was a combination and so it also included um, efforts to address you know work stressors Um, and then the researchers were able to um, assess you know everyone at time one and and then three years later as these uh, interventions had been rolled out across the hospitals Um, There was also a control hospital because there are researchers in the mix. And so they were able to compare the um, uh, effects of these interventions against the hospital that didn't get any of the interventions. Mm -hmm. And they Hmm. were able to find um, at the end of it that there were um, uh, increases in social support. There were decreases in job demands. um, There were uh, increases in job control and also um, decreases in burnout over that three-year process so um, it really was a successful study and and we wrote up a short kind of description of the study in our Healthy Work Strategies page that people can um, go on and look at. Um, There's about 30, I think, case studies there of various, Mm -hmm. you know, on various topics. Some are on bullying, um, uh, organizations that have uh, been successful at addressing bullying. Fantastic. um and, and so on so uh you know we do have a lot of great um stories there needs to be more <laughs> you yeah. know and uh there can mm-hmm. always be you know more written up about uh where organizations and um uh, worker advocate groups um have been successful at improving um working conditions for mm-hmm. um organizations so mm-hmm. um We're going to continue to update that and and keep that as a resource for organizations that once they have their survey results, might want to know what other groups have done to Mm -hmm. address them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The resources tab on your website looks um, very rich. And, you know, if if people aren't enticed enough already to go to your website, (laughs) uh, you you know, you have you have a a spot for stats and infographics and business costs and um, the work tools we've been talking about and strategies and a healthy work agenda and articles and research and there's one I want to ask you about because I'm interested to know what this is. If you if you can talk about it, the is it pronounced
1: "woe" documentary? W O E. So this was really what prompted us to move in this direction. Um, we really wanted to make a documentary about mm. the impacts, you know, to raise awareness about the impacts of what we're talking about today, work stressors on health, and especially mm-hmm. on the chronic disease burden. And so we have produced a short. Uh, 11 minute documentary called working on empty Mm. and it is accessible on our website there's actually a button right on the front page which is a play button and it will um, take you straight to our working on empty website and play the short 10 or 11 minute uh, video that um, you know we developed Um, we would like to eventually turn it into a a grander documentary you Mm -hmm. know about the impacts of of work and what different groups are doing like we've talked about to improve um, work stressors and improve health um, so you know eventually that's where we hope to go but it's a neat little clip um, takes 10, 15, 10 11 minutes to watch and uh, it really does kind of give you a synopsis of you know what we mean by work stressors fantastic yeah. Thank you for
0: that. Thank you for that. I'm hoping that people who are listening today um are interested in the survey not only for themselves but for their for their companies and and maybe maybe our listeners to the podcast will be able to supercharge um getting some data into into what it is that you're doing and spreading spreading the word and making an impact for their workplaces.
1: I hope so. And you know, a lot of it does require, you know, some convincing and and uh, you know, it, have to sit down and kind of uh talk about the importance of this and that's why we have resources for you know um occupational safety and health professionals that want to make a business case for example to their company Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. why they should be aware of the impacts the harmful impacts of work stressors on employee health and well-being so um you know because sometimes it takes the bottom line to motivate um, some companies to attend to, you know, th- these kinds of impacts on their employees. Yeah. And there's ample evidence now that, that it does have a, um, a real financial cost as well, of course, as, um, uh, you know, the effects of, and of health problems on individuals and their families.
0: Right, right. Well, Dr. Dobson, as, we, as we're um, wrapping up our time together today, is there a suggested first step, um, for people when they come to your website? Is it, is it what you just laid out looking at the business strategies or what would you, what would you say would be, um, step one and maybe step two?
1: Well, I think definitely, um, looking at the film because it will give you a little short 10 minute, you know, um, summary of what we've just been talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully describing what we mean by these, um, job stressors that we know impact health Um, and you know looking at that there's also um, uh, an interactive graphic called principles of healthy work which kind of explains in a little bit more detail than I was able to the very the different kinds of stressors that we know from research um, you know are have been evidenced um, in terms of their impacts on uh, depression and burnout and blood pressure and cardiovascular disease so that those understanding that element of it because what we realized is that we you know we sort of took for granted that people understood our (laughs) our -hmm. work and honestly i think a lot of people don't think about stress in this way
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree with that Mm -hmm. in terms
1: of the sources of stress so we really did Mm -hmm. want to make it more accessible make it available and 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 sharing it with others you know creating um um you know, an interest in and in, uh, sort of a movement around this was one of our goals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the second thing, you know, would be to, you can go to the tabs uh, for employers and there's a Healthy Work Survey page. Mm-hmm. Um, you click on the um, request access button mm-hmm. and uh, it will allow you to fill out a, sh- a short form with the con- your contact information. And, um, you know, if if there are... Um, specific questions um, we have a contact um, page um, you can contact us at contact at, us at org, mm-hmm. um, and we'll you know be happy to get back to you with a lot more information because we have developed a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: you, sh- you sure have in a short period of time well I mean I'm sure your body of work has produced has culminated to come to this. Um, and and a, a, a big
1: community of a very large community of researchers that have been working mm-hmm. in this field for, you know, 30 or 40 years before, you yes. know, before us. So, you know, yeah. we really do uh we really are part of a big community of of, you know, psychosocial work stressors like a work stress researchers.
0: <laughs> mm, so much gratitude for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming today and sharing this with us and sharing these resources. I hope that I hope that many I hope many people listening um, really, really use the tools to
1: identify and tend to those work stressors. I hope so. And it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Jill.
0: Mm, Thank you. And thank you all for spending your time listening today. And more importantly, thank you for your contribution toward the common good. Making sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. If you're not subscribed and want to hear past and future episodes, you can subscribe on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, or any other podcast player that you'd like. We'd love it if you could leave a rating and review us on iTunes. It really helps us connect the show with more and more health and safety professionals. Special thanks to Naeem Jiraisi, our podcast producer. And until next time, thanks for listening.